Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We're going to do something I never usually do on this podcast, which is essentially reveal all the secrets of the videos I've got coming up in the weeks ahead. Well, I mean, it'll get people talking. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it will increase anticipation. Maybe people will just not watch the main channel videos and I would have just ruined my own content. I don't really care because we have just come back from... A road trip. A bit tired, are you? Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I think fundamentally, when you do big road trips, you're driving fast and you're covering a lot of ground, it does take it out of you. Yeah. Sounds we, like a first world problem, but... Because we average 200 miles a day. I thought you were going to say we average 200 miles an hour. I was like, Tony, don't. You can't say this. We're recording. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, I didn't get to 200 miles. I mean, my car wouldn't have got to 200. If, it, if my car hit 200 miles now, it's because things were falling off it and I had no brakes. And, and actually, I know we're going to talk about it in a bit, but driving your car at 200 miles. I mean, even, uh, even, I, even I wouldn't want to do that. And actually, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't actually be the... The driving, it'd be stopping the yeah. thing. What's that mean? As I say, the only way you would achieve that speed in my 360s if everything broke and you were going downhill and you couldn't stop. It was just, you know, you were just momentum. Um, or you drive it off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. Flying through the air. <laughs> Don't stop. Do not start. But yeah, anyway, we have just come back from, was that your first European road trip of the year? Yeah. Well, it's definitely our first joint road trip of the year. I, I, I've done a few trips already uh, in 2022. It was the start of my tw- uh, my 360's 20th birthday celebrations, my first road trip with that car this year. As you say, we covered a lot of ground at, at quite a good pace. You uh, more than me as well, because yeah. you was a couple of days before me. I went a few days ahead of you. Um, but it was an amazing trip, but, but we're recording this really sort of only 24, 36 hours since we got back. Yeah. And yeah, I'm pretty exhausted me too. I'll be honest yeah working at a hard people rate. people online think it's like we're having a jaunt and it's a holiday and you're actually working so you're filming but anyone that drives <clears throat> something a fair pace 
for a considerable amount of time, it does take it out of you. I you think know? any road trip, I think, you know, of course, yes, we're concentrating because we were doing some spirited driving. Uh, on a work side, yeah, I was bashing out two videos a day, I think. It was, like a it machine. Was, it was a relatively short trip, but but yeah, working our ass off and then, and then doing some spirited driving. But, you know, even if you have to go and visit your parents-in-law five, six hours away, you get there, you're tired, mm. you know, because it is, it's concentration levels. And uh, and that's what we were doing. We were covering a lot of ground each day. We moved around a lot. We went from Luxembourg up to the Netherlands and back down again through Belgium and across to Germany to the Nürburgring and back through France. And, uh, we're going we're gonna to basically recap the entire trip here on the podcast today because well there was a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes which i want to which i want to discuss um there are some as i say some exciting videos coming your way i'm pointing at you the audience um which i kind of want to tease and the big thing that happened which we didn't film per on purpose was you drove my car the ferrari 360 for the first time the first time yeah and we agreed we wouldn't film it for a main channel video because we wanted to exclusively talk about it here on the podcast because we thought you guys would love to know how tony got on so stay tuned because we're going to be discussing that a little bit later on but before we get into our epic road trip and everything that happened i just want to bring up a tweet which somebody tagged me in this morning and so we're not going to do a huge amount of car news chat today but this really fascinated me so it's all around ferrari <laughs> Lol, in 2021 ferrari made an average of ninety-seven thousand euros in operating profits per car delivered that's the highest in the industry so for every car ferrari delivered they made around ninety-seven thousand euros profit. yeah tesla was the closest with 6,000 euros per unit. Yeah. So they came up with a chart of how many cars manufacturers need to make to equal the earnings generated by one Ferrari. Yeah. And this will blow your mind. I mean, it's just insane. So as I say, Tesla has to sell 16 Teslas to make the same earnings that Ferrari do. BMW, 18 cars. Daimler Group, which I guess is largely Mercedes, 20 Tata 22, Stellantis 40, Toyota 41, VW Group 45. I mean, if we go down to Ford, Ford have to sell 758 cars to make the same earnings that Ferrari do with one. Yeah. I mean, it's just more proof that Ferrari are just an incredible brand. Well, yes, they are. Or ripping people off. (laughs) No, they're not. Uh, Well, sometimes they are. But what you have to understand is is that that Ford, for instance, are <clears throat> have different costs. Obviously, the more the more you make, the higher your costs go up, the lower your margins. So, um, it there'll be probably within them figures. I don't know because I haven't seen them, but there will be marketing costs and and development costs and different costs that Ferraris would be less than Ford essentially, because they make less cars. Completely different products, completely different brands, apart from maybe if you looked at the Ford GT. I mean, as we've discussed on this podcast previously, the F-150, the biggest selling car in the world. So they are going for the mass for the for the you know for for the amount of vehicles while ferrari are focusing on the profit per vehicle it's yeah. completely different but i just thought it was quite fascinating and an interesting insight and quite a cool tweet and stat that i sort of had realized and i don't know how that compares to the likes of a porsche or more, more realistically a lamborghini or a mclaren i guess um you know they're probably losing money these days but yeah anyway. well there will be yeah as well there's another 
huge difference as well is that Ferrari, in general, rule of thumb, don't give money off their cars list because they don't need to because they're sure. either pre-sold. Okay, there are some exceptions at points you'd get money off certain Romas yeah. or whatever. Probably not now because they're not they can't make them quick enough. But but you know GT4 Lussos, but um, <clears throat> Ford will give all the front end money off. Again, maybe not now so much because of the demand, but in general, they're they're giving a lot of money away to to um, feed the the factory essentially. So what happens is is that they just keep churning cars, keep churn, churn, churn them, and it's all numbers, it's all turnover. So in general, banks are the same. They love businesses with turnover because what normally happens is if you've got a higher turnover, it should mean you make more money. Ferrari are proving that that might not be the case, but they're selling a different, unique well, product. Luxury good as well, luxury yeah. item. Yeah. And, if you, and if you narrowed it down, if you went for, say, uh, a Porsche GT3 or an AMG Black Series would be a good example because it's 300-odd grand. I bet if you'd done profit per unit on that particular car, because they don't give any money off list, the profits would be similar, I would think. Okay, you've, got, you've still got the manufacturing costs and... Mercedes as a beast to f- to feed in terms of a, of a of a manufacturer would be loads more in terms of cost than Ferrari anyway because Ferrari only make ten thousand cars a year or however many they make. Mercedes probably make that in a week. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? No, yeah. As I say, it's probably more interesting as a comparison against a direct rival to Ferrari, as say Lamborghini, McLaren, Porsche in some senses. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the slightly more interesting insight. But anyway, it, it caught my eye, the tweet, and I, I just thought it was a cool a cool stat um, to, to show the difference between a brand like like Ferrari or Ford or Tesla, whoever it might be. Anyway, are you, oh, were you I wonder who makes the most... Well, we know pound for pound who makes the most money at the manufacturers. I think it is still Porsche in terms of profit... Really? I, I don't think as a manufacturer, um, but I think pound per unit, I think it is still Porsche that probably still makes the most money out of the manufacturers. I um, think. Biggest car manufacturers by revenue, you want by profit, don't you? Yeah, revenue will be... Oh no, still Toyota, mate. Is by, it? By country mile. Porsche aren't even in the top four. Really? Yeah. Mm, um so you've got Toyota net profit. This is 2020 profits. But this is profit, here. yeah? Yeah, profit. Yeah. Uh, 19.1 billion. Yeah. <laughs> Volkswagen Group is 15.5 billion, but obviously yeah. it's the whole group. It doesn't break it down. Yeah. Then General Motors, 6.7. BMW, 5.5. Honda, 4.1. So yeah, there's, there's not a breakdown Where of, are Mercedes? Uh, the Mercedes... I'm amazed Duh. they're not in there. Uh, Daimler's all the way down in 10th, 2.6 billion. Mm. Because everything's a group now, mate. That's the thing. Like, everything's a group. Like, yeah. Volvo, which I'm guessing that should be listed as Geely, is 3.79 billion in profit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to know know the breakdown. Of the brands. Yeah, because the it, brands within Especially Volkswagen, Volkswagen group, group, because they are the biggest group in the world, aren't they? So, yeah. Um, well, no, Toyota, Toyota still. Oh, sorry, the group is in the amount of... Uh, yes, yes, yeah. 
Yeah. We got really distracted there. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's we, an interesting we should it's delve interesting into tweet. that a bit more. Yeah, uh, it's a future episode, maybe. We we should do so, yeah, and have a have a real breakdown. Business. Have a real business yeah. breakdown of that. Get someone yeah. from CNN on. No. What, Piers Morgan? I don't know. No, not Piers Morgan. Oh, no, he got out. Oh, no, someone, some money guy. <laughs> some, some money, money guy who knows money. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, let, let's come on to it, because I say this whole episode is supposed to be devoted to taking you guys behind the scenes of our recent road trip. So, as Tony mentioned, I kind of got a bit of a head start. Uh, left a few days before you did. Uh, my first stop off was actually headed towards Luxembourg. And as I say, this, was the, this is the start of my 20th birthday celebrations with the 360s. That car were a officially turns 20 in September. So it was uh, first registered 25th of September, 2002. So, so that's a 52, Reg. Uh, okay, great. Thank you. I was trying to work that out in my head. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, me and number plates. I'm all over the place. Uh, um, it's because they're normally private. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so 52 plates. Um, anyway, so, so that'll be its actual birthday, which I'm starting to put some plans in place. Um, but this is the year of its 20th birthday and, and I've got big plans to it. So anyone who watched the first video from that trip, which went live on the main channel yesterday, we'll know that, you know, there's some big plans coming up as we head into the summer. But this was the first trip now that the paint had been done and the PPF was on and all the other bits and bobs. Still some stuff I need to do to that car though. I think it looks good, mate, to be fair. Oh, oh I'm so happy with the way it looks. But as I mentioned in that first video, I think a restoration is just never finished. Yeah. You're just always going on. So even on the way back on the Utah, I noticed a little screw that holds one of my floor mats in place had come loose. Yeah. So I've got to do that now. So like it's just always, like it's nothing bad. Like mechanically, that car is so rock solid. Huge thanks to the team at AV Engineering Aldous. Absolutely nailing the maintenance and, and running of that car. Yeah. Because it's rock solid in that department, which is really the most important part. Mm. Um, but always the little aesthetics things are just constantly, what's well, just, oh, it's 20 years old and things do so sometimes just yeah rattle loose so um ongoing in that department but um yeah fantastic first day blitzing through belgium and, and bits of france uh, into luxembourg and i went to visit a place called deal and drive now they're an amazing dealership based basically in the center of luxembourg and they were explaining that firstly property costs there are insanely high so you don't get many dealerships in Luxembourg. But also as a country, they're quite discreet with their money. So even though they're specializing in specialist cars, they're probably a bracket above you, mate. I would say they're in the sort of 100 to 200K yeah. mark. That's kind of where they're trading. Sports cars. Sports cars, yeah. So a bit, a bit of supercars, but mainly sort of, you know, Vantages, a lot of Porsches, F8s, um, a few McLarens here and there. Well, but that's a supercar. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. So it's a bit, a bit above a sports okay. car. Um, but genuinely the people in Luxembourg don't like to show off their wealth. They're mm. very discreet. Mm. So even though they are specialists in supercars and luxury sports cars, um, they're all sort of weirdly spec, you know, like greys and blacks and silvers or like really, really highly specced jelly 53s. You know, like no one will get the 63. They get the, the mark below. Yeah. Really fascinating insight, I think. And actually there must be so many parts of the world where markets very much you know, are different, you know, what people want or desire is different for, you know, convertibles or, or hybrids or whatever it might be. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, super nice guys, had an amazing amount of stock and an amazing range of Porsches. And something which I guess we're going to come round to towards the end of this podcast is it was the start of reawakening something inside me 
which I know is reawakened inside of you, of that inherent desire for another Porsche. Yeah, I mean, I always, I mean, I, I've had loads of Porsches and you've had a few Porsches, and I always yearn for a Porsche in general. I just, I just when you don't have one, and and more so when I don't have one. As yeah. in, it's not like you've got a Porsche and you desperately want more. Hey, that's a thing, and I'm yeah. sure it happens to lots of people. But my obsession with Porsche is always at its highest when I don't own one, mm. which is a weird thing to yeah. say. And I, you know, you're right. I had 718 Cayman S, which you very kindly helped source for me and sell. Uh, Carrera T, obviously for Drive the World and the 996. And every time I wait about six months and I go, oh, I want another one. And like so badly. And yeah. I'd, I'd been doing all right, but then my visit to Deal and Drive, they had an amazingly specced GT4, which you're going to have to check out that video because it was just, I think the best GT4 I've Where's ever seen. Where's the video coming out? Um, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, the video's coming out on Sunday. If you're listening to this, at some point in the future, then just head over to the main channel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, an incredibly spec GT4. They had a lovely, actually probably my spec of a 992 GT3 Touring. And on that day, actually, I mean, my whole Luxembourg trip was plagued by GT3 Tourings, new 992. So I was just surrounded by nice Porsches, PTS Porsches. And I was just like, oh my God, there was a GT2 RS Manti Racing. There was a Turbo S Exclusive Series. I mean, I just amazing Porsches. And I was like, Oh, I think I need another one. Yeah. And you had the same problem later in the trip. So we'll talk about that when we yeah. get to it. Um, also had the chance to get behind the wheel of a McLaren 620R. Yeah. Which I was very interested to know what your thoughts were. Not a car that really was ever on my radar. Mm. I mean, we probably took the piss out of it when it launched. I don't really remember, but it was one of those cars just like, why? If you want a, a McLaren Sports Series race car, get the 570 GT4, which the 620R is based on. And if you want a fast McLaren Sports Series road car, get the 600LT, which is oh, yeah. the 620R. Is, so there's this weird space in between where you, you can't actually go racing in it. And it's probably a little bit too intense for the road. Mm. But actually... It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I've actually heard some really positive reviews and stories about that car, of how good it actually is. It, it, when was the last time you were in a sports series McLaren? Uh, it was a 600 LT, probably a year ago. Yeah, it'd been, a, I actually couldn't quite remember. Maybe longer. The last time I was in a sports series McLaren. I mean, I did 600LT launch, never made a video of it, but I went down to the Hungara ring and, and had a go in that, it and it was a amazing. It's a car, that 600LT, you know. It's a very yeah, good car, yeah. as is the sports series. Yeah. They obviously just pooed themselves in value, had plagued issues. I, w I had sort of PTSD driving it, because yeah. every time I went for the starter button, I was like waiting for it to say, boom, key not found. Yeah, and I was like yeah. sort of shaking as I went to turn it on. It was all right. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I didn't... Well, you'll see in that video. It, it, <laughs> When's that one going out? Uh, I don't know. Stop <laughs> question. It's coming soon. But it, it worked during the short test drive. I never like to sort of completely go like, oh, McLaren's issues are fixed. It was amazing because it, it wasn't exactly. No, 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 no. But yeah, it was a really fun experience. And a bit like with the 765LT that I drove, because of its rawness, it gave the car spice. It gave mm. the car a bit of oomph, which is what I often say that McLarens are lacking. Is yeah. the, you know, and and even heck, some of the new Ferraris are lacking. It's that low speed character and sense of occasion. And this thing is so sort of stripped out and raw and ridiculous. Yeah. You can't help but be like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because it's a McLaren, 
they've got that amazing suspension. So it wasn't shaking me out of my bones. Mm. It was, it was a cool thing and looked incredible. And we took it right through the center of Luxembourg. So the shots were amazing. Were they? Yeah. Was it a Larry color? Was it? Yeah. Was it? Blue with orange oh, okay, bits fine, and fine, all the fine, decals. Fine. And so, yeah, some amazing visuals in that. And I say huge thanks to Dion Drive for letting me have a go. Cause well, the weather did get good, but when I arrived in the morning, it was a little bit cloudy and spitty. And I was like, do we really want to go out in this car? Uh, but by the time we were driving away, the, the sun had come out, which was good. Cause it's got that special trofeo r tire that's yeah. like super shaved yeah down. yeah 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 so yeah so that was my first my first sort of few days in in luxembourg and then headed up to the netherlands which is where i was going to find you mm. now in the lead up to this chip and as we as you might have heard if you've listened to some recent episodes tony was being very vague <laughs> with what car he was going to bring on the trip obviously i was always going to be in the 360 and i think you just thought I, what, why were you sort of undecided? Because you thought the 360 was going to be too slow or you wanted to no. bring something, something of equivalent? I, I, I just didn't know what to bring, mate. As in, even when I sat here last week and we done the podcast, I didn't know. Oh, no, I did by then. You were teasing but it. I, I, yeah, only because I knew that what I was going to bring, I'd bought. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise... So you bought something, something came into stock and you thought that would be perfect, I'll take that. That's literally But up until it, that mate. moment, you had no idea. No, I had no idea. Because neither of us have really explored roads around the Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg. Okay, we, we were eventually headed to the Nürburgring where we've both been plenty of times, but, but the rest of the time, we didn't really know what was in store. No. And so that's what I was saying to you. I was like, look, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be particularly mountainous or hilly or I don't know what the roads are going to be like. When you did the teaser last week and said Mercedes. I, I thought that you were bringing an A45S. Yeah. Well, I considered it because I got two in stock. <laughs> but I, I thought, no, it needs to be. And to be honest, had the car that I that I brought had not come into stock, I'd have just gone and bought a Porsche. I was going to say, what, what else were you considering? What else I, did you would have been a bring? Porsche. It uh, would have been a, a GT4. You just would have gone and got a GT4. A, a GT4 or a, 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 a GTS 992 or something. You know, I, I just would have, I just wouldn't have, got, would have gone and got a Porsche because I could have got a Porsche done the miles and still come out of it and I wouldn't Did have. you come close? Was that like, did you actually find a car that you were I, I, I found a couple. I did had you? a couple on standby but, but it's just lucky that the car that I got come into stock literally just and I thought well, that, oh, well that'll do that's perfect I've had a couple of them before and it's perfect it'll do, it'll do the job lucky for me too because if you had turned up in a Porsche after my experience in Luxembourg and after this reawakening of, I wish I had I, I would have just gone oh my god <laughs> magnitude finance are you there are you ready <laughs> um, so tell everyone I think most people might have seen it on Instagram but what did you actually end up bringing AMG GTR uh, one of I would say your favourite cars well it it was for mm. a purpose, Interesting. but um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I think I'm done with that car now. Like, okay, I've done a lot of miles in them and a pro. And when you compare, it's a very, very good road car, mate. It is a very good road car. But when you show it a hairpin or, you know, a twisty road it does start to become a bit heavy, a bit cumbersome. The steering's not quite as direct as, say, 
even your car. Oh, uh, 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 first compliment, <laughs> please. Please write down that first compliment, everyone. Put, put the minute in as yeah, well, exactly. Because well, we love that. Ben, can you actually make a big deal about that, please? Thank you. The or Ferraris in general. Oh, don't, don't backtrack. Uh, <laughs> uh, Porsches as sure. well, obviously. And there was times throughout the trips when we was on certain roads that because it's back fast that car, especially for the road, it is is really fast. Um, but there was a few times where I thought, oh, I wish I was in a Porsche. Mm. I wish I was in a Porsche. I wish I was in a Ferrari. You Do know you I mean? think that's because of the experiences you've had? Because since you last had the GTR, well, the Pro you had for half a day, but the last time you had the <laughs> GTR, since then you've, you've worked your way through a lot of mid-engine cars, stock cars, personal cars, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, light-focused light stuff. Which is what I like. Which is what you like. Yeah. You, as you said, do you think you've not only sort of done everything that you could or would want to do in a GTR, but you personally have just moved on from a front-engine, rear-wheel drive Well, layout? when 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 I... I mean, you was with me when I bought my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd just come out, mate. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was sort of the car to have. So... And I and I loved it. Well, I'd done the brakes on it, and you know it broke a little bit, but but it was a good car, and I did enjoy owning it. And we took it to Ireland when I had my GC3 RS. I didn't like it as much as the GC3 RS, but for a certain purpose, it was better than a Porsche GT car. You know, like because it as a, a as a as a GT, it's better than a GT3 because it's turbocharged. You can shut it up. Yeah, it hasn't got to be revving all the all the while and. Um, on a on a European road, not in this country, but on a European road, because it is a little bit bumpy that car. But on a European road, it's lovely and smooth. Most European roads, just just for those international yeah. listeners or those that are lucky enough to live in Luxembourg or France or something, yeah, most European roads are smoother and better serviced than English roads. English yeah. roads tend to be incredibly bumpy. Yeah, for sure. Important to say. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I I just think, and then I had the pro um, for a while, and I just think I've I'd sort of done yeah what, what I wanted to do in that car, and the the car that I own now is obviously a level of my personal car is obviously a level above a, a GTR, and I I found myself at points comparing it to that car in terms of brakes and turning which is and, silly which is stupid yeah, i yeah, know yeah. but but you can't help it that because that was the last car i got out of kind of thing you know sure sure no i mean i think the gtr is still a a great car if you consider it against uh an f-type r uh or a 992 gts or something like that for you the know. money mate yeah, it's incredible. I, I think it is yeah, still a yeah, great yeah. car. I, I think you're right. You know, I, it, I've never particularly been enamoured by it. Like, it, it doesn't do a lot for me. Um, I know you've spent a lot of time with them and driven them. And I know on this trip, you were kind of like, ah, I sort of feel like I've been there, done that. It's, for sure. It's not really working. Yeah. It, I think it was. I think it still is cool. And, and we have to mention the car you bought had an incredible wrap. I think a lot of people thought it was a, an exclusive paint. It is a Mercedes colour. It's based on a Mercedes colour, right? Ch- China, Ch- China blue. Yeah. China blue is the inspiration for this wrap, and it did it did look amazing, it and did, it made the yeah. car really stand out. And I think it has incredible presence. And you're right, it's a very comfortable place to be. I don't like sitting in them because I think they feel huge. You should you really sitting back on the real wheels. You've got this massive bonnet in front of you. The car feels very wide because of the cabin design layout. Well, I think you quickly get used to that. You are right, and and when I when I picked it up last week. That that 
that did come into my mind for literally five or ten minutes, mate. And then, and then, got used to it. And then yeah, like like at no point in our, our trip did I think flipping hell, this is big. It's just uh, you, lie. No, no, no. But you what, said that to me on the walkie talkies. No, 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 it is big. This car. Yeah, but but what I mean is, I didn't feel like intimidated by it. You know? Sure. Do you okay. know what I mean? Because you got big cojones. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because I've done. I just comfortable in it. You know. Yeah, it's, sure. It, it, you know what you're doing. It's well, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> no, it was a couple of moments. <laughs> we'll come back to those. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So well. Okay. So uh, definitely a Larry looking car and uh, great I, road presence. Gr- you know, incredible like, road presence. And, yeah. and so we we met up just outside of sort of uh, we're just south of Amsterdam near a city called Utrecht. I, I don't know if in I'm a petrol station. Right. In a petrol station. And, yeah. I, and I genuinely pulled in. And I was sort of minding my own business looking, trying to work out I was going to park. And I looked at my mirrors. I was like, oh, oh, there's a blue MG GTR. <laughs> and then I couldn't see in. So I was like, is it him? I don't want to wave awkwardly if it's like some <laughs> random uh, Dutch person. But anyway, it was you. And uh, we went off to do a little bit more filming, uh, which I want to talk about in a second. But, but I want to talk about what happened just after that, because- After the filming? Yeah, that evening- Oh my God. We <laughs> headed to our hotel, which was right in the center of Utrecht. And before we left, I said to you, what's it like getting to the hotel? He said, well, there's quite a lot of cyclists around here, aren't there? And I said, well, yeah, of course it's famous, the Netherlands, for having thousands Bikes. of cyclists, bicyclists, you yeah. know, especially in Amsterdam and all these cities are very pro cyclists. And I'd already experienced a little bit of the sort of, you know, mentality that is cyclists rule the road. Um, I wasn't prepared for how intense that would get upon arrival into Utrecht. Aggressiveness, I'd call it. Yeah, the kamikazes. So as we're rolling into this town, into this city, we're in convoy and we're just pootling along very slowly. And as we're starting to approach some of the junctions, we're just getting, I mean, cyclists are just like flying everywhere, coming left and right and cutting you up. And and motorbikes, mate, with blokes with no no helmets helmets on, on. flying everywhere. And, And if you're turning... Right, you know, at a cross cross roads or cross junctions, you know, cyclists they just don't stop; they're just flying everywhere. Green lights, red lights. So, fundamentally, <laughs> cyclists have right of way, and you've got to be super aware. So, because Tony had warned me of this, and just because of the situation, and it's all a bit nervy and intense, I got the giggles. Like I was just, I for some reason, I was just, I couldn't stop laughing about how ridiculous the situation was of us two in supercars cruising through a city that wasn't designed for supercars at all. I, I, have, cars. I have no visit when my harness is in, I have no visibility. I can't see to the right, <laughs> to the left. Like I just, nothing, I don't know what's going on. The exhaust. <laughs> and I'm looking back at Tony and he's just looking sort of flapping. And uh, so I, I get the giggles and I'm trying to get to our hotel and it says, right, take a right here, take a right. And I'm just driving and I'm minding my own business. And it starts setting us down some very narrow routes, you know, some almost pedestrian looking routes. Mm. But then I see the signs for the hotel. So I'm like, okay, we're going the right way and we're driving along. And then I see the hotel and there looks like a sort of a gate entrance. So as I get closer, I'm sort of like, wow, that's, that's tight. So I sort of, I half try to pull in. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to need to like do an Austin Powers 35 point turn here. So I kind of put the window down and I look back at Tony and I'm sort of giving him a thumbs up like, because he said he'd already been to the hotel. I did, yeah. He said, I've dumped my bags already. So I was like, is this, is this it? Is this the entrance? And Tony's like, yeah, thumbs up, mate. But yeah, I like thought this. you were saying to me, I thought when you were thumbs up going like that or whatever you was going, I thought you were saying to me, 
can you get in here? Okay. Can you, can you, because I'm going to struggle. Can you get in? Okay. And I'm going, yeah, I'll be fine. Don't worry. But that, that's what I thought you were right. saying. So, miscommunication. As you were driving round, by the way, yeah. I'm thinking, why is he going this way? This ain't the way in. <laughs> why didn't you call me <laughs> and <laughs> say, what are you doing? Well, we didn't have the walkie talkies at no, that point. I have a mobile phone. You just do, call yeah. me. Yeah, but I've got I don't the Bluetooth have Apple CarPlay in that car. Oh, well, that's your fault, not mine. My, my 20-year-old 360's got a good Bluetooth set up, so... <laughs> it's got um, Bluetooth, no Apple CarPlay. <laughs> so we're driving along, and on this little narrow route, there's a lot of cafes, like many European cities, lots of people sitting outside enjoying a, a beer and things like that. So <laughs> I'm lining up to have another go at this <laughs> way too tight gateway. And this woman starts coming up to my car and yelling it in Dutch... And I couldn't really work it out because my car's like, <laughs> so I just see this woman like, oh, no, and I was like, what? I, I'm sorry. What? I only speak English. I'm sorry. And she I'm just sorry. goes, she goes, going. turn off your car. And I'm like, what? She goes, you're gassing everybody. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I look back and there's obviously like these sort of people all sitting at this cafe and my exhaust are pointed directly at them as I'm like, like trying to maneuver. So I, I switched off the engine. I'm so sorry. And she was irate. Like she was, her veins were popping out of her neck. This is, you can't bring your cars here. This is for cycling. You're killing us. You're ki like a bit like a Greta Thunberg. Like, how dare you? How dare you? And so at, Full this, on. at this point, because I already had giggles, I started giggling more because of the ridiculousness. And I look back at Tony and Tony's got a man. <laughs> two leaning, men. Two men yeah. leaning in the wind, looking like they're about to knock out Tony. They were fuming. Like, like so angry. So at this point, I'm like crying with laughter about the situation. Not that I had potentially gassed some people. That was awful. And I was very apologetic. I don't think she, she I probably wasn't. didn't think I was sincere. No. Because I was like, I'm so, 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 so But I was looking at you as you had these Dutch people yelling. He was fuming. What did he say to you, though? Mate, he, mate, honestly, like, they were just full on going, would you like me to kick your car? They were like, full on. I said, honestly, I said, if you kick my car, I'm going to get out and kick you. Like, I genuinely said that. Like, like what? The, like, how dare you? I don't care you don't like cars. You can't say, you can't go around saying you're going to kick my car. Okay, look, I don't want to sound, we're not trying to sound disrespectful here. Obviously, I, I totally get it. They're sitting there having a nice beer. We were clearly in the wrong place. It, but can I just say, it wasn't a non-car zone. We no. weren't in a pedestrian zone. So there were, it is possible to drive down there, fine. But yes, our cars are loud and shouty and they're supercar-esque and we were sort of right in front of them and, and I was sort of manoeuvring. So I, I get it. I totally get it. Their aggressiveness is what was sort of slightly uncalled for. It would have been totally fine if she just come and knocked on the window and said, look, do you mind turning the engine off? We're sitting right here. I don't think this is the entrance to your hotel you know, you should go. Correct. They were, they were so aggressive. And as I said, we just got hysteria. So we quickly realized that, yeah, our cars weren't that welcome in the hotel. So somebody came out and said, turning left, turning left. So then we had to drive <laughs> all through these little streets. We had cyclists, like, you know, everyone's flying. So we finally made it to our hotel. We weren't sure whether we'd come out on our cars would be sort of set alight during the night in some kind of witch campaign. But fundamentally what we're trying to say is, in a city. Don't go to Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think driving is particularly welcome or cars, combustion engine cars are particularly welcome in the cities of the Netherlands. And is this true? Because we know we have a th we have loads of Dutch listeners. Um, is, this a, is this a fact? Were we in the wrong? Were we stupid? Were we naive to take our cars into the centre of a city? Is it just kind of common acceptance that you only go in with a hybrid or an EV or a little... But can I Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say something, mate. I should have saw it coming, really, because... I, I, because I got to the hotel before you as I was driving through, and even when I was driving with you on the way to the hotel again, people were looking at me, us, like we just shot their mum. <laughs> like, mate, they were genuinely annoyed. But that- mate, this is a sign of the future. This is a sign of the future. I think the Netherlands are ahead of us. Mm. Because I do believe in the city, we should only be in electric vehicles, bicycles, public transport. It doesn't make sense for someone like me in an RS6 churning around. Okay, fine. I'm not emitting huge amounts of carbon. I am emitting carbon, but not like a car from, I mean, my Ferrari would be far worse in the city. Yeah. But still in comparison to the emissions of an electric vehicle or a very clever hybrid vehicle it it doesn't make a lot of sense so i get that but we are not there yet so it seemed surprising and shocking and because we're visitors we didn't have that information that they are there in their mindset and so i do think this is where we're going and i think if you look at take fur for example right that period of time what late 90s early noughties when the world woke up to the fact that actually wearing real mink you know exotic fur yeah wasn't a thing to do Mm-mm. people were pouring paint over celebrities in their fur jackets and things like that so we all moved to a far more sustainable or, or, or what would be the right word there um not in anyway you know what i'm trying to say is that you know we moved to a different thing with put fake leathers and fake fur yeah yeah artificial thank you so and so that's where i think we are headed you know the generation the young generation now are super anti emissions environmentally harmful anything yeah and and that i think we're going to be driving around these cities in the future and people are going to spit at you if you're not in a little baby tiny fiat 500e mm. when to make the fiat 500e emits more gas than, a, than your rs6 we, we know that and i think prime <laughs> example so they're not saving the, the country at all are they prime example is that new hummer electric which i think is more carbon emitting than like a urus yeah like yeah. just to produce like the whole thing is ridiculous yeah, yeah. um anyway uh it's 
it, it was it was a sort of stupid and hilarious moment and one that I would have loved to have caught on camera, but it was also quite stressful and, and we, we didn't capture it. Uh, and I don't want that to sour our Netherlands experience because before that happened, I introduced you, I, I forced you into a classic. You did force me in. So this was one of my favourite moments of the trip. I thought, okay, here comes Tony. He thinks, oh, my first, first supercar trip of the year. Yeah, got to go with Gal, go have some driving. I brought name GGTR. I I had arranged with huge thanks to Cool Classic Club uh, just outside Amsterdam to go and not only sort of have a tour of their incredible space and look at some of their amazing cars, but get you behind the wheel of a, a modern classic, let's call it. Because you sit here week in, week out, slating them. All If a car's not made before, if a car made before 2018, it's crap. All classic cars are crap. You just, it's all you say. Right. And you slate some of the, the greatest cars ever made. Right. And I was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he's clueless. <laughs> so you can tease, ladies and gentlemen, the car that I managed to get you behind the wheel of. You want me to tease it or tell him? You can tell him. Uh, it was a nine. Oh, wait a minute. Was it a oh nine? God. For those nine, who aren't six, watching. Four? Yeah, for those who aren't watching, I'm hitting my head against the microphone. It was a Porsche 964 RS. Carrera RS. Carrera RS. 1992 Carrera RS. Which is a modern classic. An yeah. icon. I mean, an absolute icon. And obviously we had Max Chilton on the podcast recently. He bought his 2.7 RS, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and you were like, I'd rather walk home than drive that. And I was like, oh, No, no, no. What I actually said was, is that I'd rather have your car and have the extra money than have that. Because I couldn't, I just didn't. I don't think, remember you saying that at the time, but no, I, 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 know I, that's what you think. I said, I, I said I'd rather walk as well. Yes. But then I said, if I had to, if I had to have one, I wouldn't have one. I'd have buy your car. If I had to have a modern classic car, I'd just buy your car and have the money. Second compliment, Ben. If you can just once again highlight and everyone write that down that's two in about 30 minutes um there's going to be a lot more coming uh so so i thought okay fine that's a bit too old for you so let's put you in basically the next rs that came along the 964 and you know this car was immaculate it'd been prepared for a show so it was a nice car we yeah, yeah we couldn't go for a huge drive but it, it was a it was an amazing afternoon because it just gave me a chance to ram classics down your throat and oh and and hey look considering what happened in the days ahead i actually think it was the beginning of chipping away at that little ice block heart of yours and showcasing you that you know actually older cars do have a little bit of feeling a little bit of connection i already knew all this, all this mate. well i sometimes you don't say as much sometimes well, you I say they're crap say as much, but i mean they are crap no <laughs> they're not crap well i think they are but but anyway tooting this horn um <laughs> tooting so yeah, this horn tooting this horn um so yeah so so uh, amazingly fun experience and huge thanks cool classic club but i say doing something a little bit different in the netherlands uh, amazing rave cars young guys uh incredible uh different sort of classics and modern classics and uh was kind of i was in my happy place yeah uh you were walking around looking a little bit bored saying when are we off to the hotel can we have a coffee little did you know what it would be like when we went to the hotel yeah <laughs> um anyway so then it was finally time after a few more bits and bobs to leave the Netherlands and start what we would necessarily say is our sort of driving element, right? Mm. So our route was south 
sort of via Eidenhoven into Belgium and then across back through Luxembourg. And we'd literally done the sort of old school technique of jumping on Google Maps and looking for some nice white twisty roads. I'd had a few DMs from you guys, a few emails, some suggestions of places to visit. But we didn't really know what was ahead of us. We were just going to kind of make it up, right? We was, yeah. And Netherlands was... Flat. flat. <laughs> yeah, I'd done a bit of driving in, in the Netherlands for s- some other videos that will be coming soon. And I was just like, I don't think we should hang around here. I'm, mm. I'm sure there are some good roads in the Netherlands. I'm certain of it. But I, I don't think they were going to be local or easy to find. And we, we had to get south. So I thought, let's just crack on and get to Belgium. And I think we'll, we'll do better in and around the spa region. Everyone says it's very good. And that was the kind of first place we headed. I think so. Beautiful, but very bumpy. Uh, yeah, bumpier. Bump for bumpier, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember there was a, one, one of those roads we were rattling. Like yeah, there, the, you're right. Actually, there was there was a road that it was it was that in Belgium? That was in yeah, Belgium. Was in Belgium the, the, yeah, that we did just one, basically yeah. bounce all the way down. But then we crossed the border back into Luxembourg, and immediately I declared, "Thank God for money." Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, because the wealth of Luxembourg meant the road smoothed out, and we stumbled ap- across the road that I was actually most excited for the day. But an absolutely amazing road. I should bring it up. I'm going to bring up the name because I need to shout this road out because it it felt almost like we were in Japan. Well, there was a, there was a few, weren't there? But there was a couple of real particular ones. There was that one, mate, that yeah. we both went. Wow, 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 yeah. we were. And it's I think at that point I wished I was in another car. Ah, uh, it was when we got to the really nice road that you I thought, thought. Hold on a second, I'd like to be in I, something else. What if I bring this car? So for? I think it was the three three one. Let's see where my photos are. That's the one that I'm going for, the 331 in Luxembourg. Right. And it was quiet. We had a we had a we had a good run. We had a good run. And it was just perfectly sort of pitched, wasn't it? Twisty, pretty, some straights. We had a coffee. We, we had a coffee halfway through, which always helps. Yeah. But it was also here we go, I'm gonna just double check. Kishbad Kautenbuchen. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it. And yeah, it's right were- by Kautenbach. Kautenbach? <laughs> It's the three, yeah, the three, three, one. I know. Three, nailed three, it. one. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Done. And you always tend to know uh, if you're on a road trip and you see cyclists, professional cyclists, or motorbikes going up and down a road, that normally half tells you it's a decent road. You're right. That, it's a good sign, it. isn't it? It's a it? good sign, yeah. Does mean you've got to do some interesting avoiding every now and again. But Yeah, <laughs> especially the motorbikes. But as we launched off down this road, having a very good time, I think it was the first time that both of us realised that both of our cars were maybe not the best equipped in the braking department. No. no. <laughs> so my 360 does have the special pads on it, which, which I think give better feel than what they were. But by about five turns of... And this was heavy braking. Let's just say we were both on the anchors. Yeah, we're, we're pedalling on, yeah. Uh, my pedal started to go very soft. <laughs> my mine was okay, but but my my car is just heavy. Yeah. It's just a heavy car. So the more you pound the front brakes, you start to lose the pedal a bit. But at no point did I think I'm losing my brakes. They were they were they were fine. Sure. I thought I was <laughs> I thought my brakes were gonna go on fire and yeah. I was gonna go straight on through the barrier. Yeah. It was there were some moments, weren't yeah. there? Yeah, for, for both of us. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I think we slowed down after that, but but we had we had well, a very you did well, and I think you did too. If <laughs> did I? I? Yeah, unlike <laughs> me. <laughs> I think we both had a, had a very good time, and so so we pulled over, had a coffee, and this the big moment is when we said, "Shall we swap cars for a bit?" Yeah, that's what we said, didn't it? 
So did you do this because you were genuinely interested in what my car would be like or because you thought it'd be good content or like what, what, where did this kind of motivation come from? Um, well, I wanted to drive it. Just wanted to see what well, the fuss was about. I just wanted, I just wanted you, you bang on about it for four years. Our good journey. I'm in love with it. And actually, to be fair to you, I, I really appreciate you letting me drive it because it's your pride and joy. <laughs> it really is. I, it, it, uh, you don't let many people no, drive. I was just trying your to think cars. who else has ever driven it. Actually, uh, yeah. Well, I know there's not many people, so I thank you for letting me drive in it. It it was a an eye opener, especially when I went to hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> But, so first of all, we said, um, let's swap over. Let's yeah. swap over cars. We had had a coffee. Let's swap over cars. Okay, no problem. Flipping hell, what have I, what have I said? Why have I said yes? Well, hold a sec. So what were your expectations? Because well, also, also, can I just jump in here? Because we, we've spoken about this quite a lot since that drive and recording right now. Please do not become Tony from Gravelwood. And <laughs> things up. I think oh, I'm going to make. I'm going to crack everyone up here. I'm, I'm going to say what they want me to say. No, I'm going no, to be no. outspoken. Just let's. I'm just going to tell the truth, mate. Yes, for the for the first time ever no, on this I show. No, I always tell the no, truth. I think podcast. the audience have proven no, that's not the case. Well, that's a lie because I always try to. And tell you're the always truth. right. So correct. So yeah, what were your what were your expectations? Well, I didn't. I didn't have, and I have actually had a 360. It was an F1 car. It was a spider. Ve- right? Spider. It was a very very long time ago. And I had a 4.30 as well. And, and obviously, it was a, a, such a long time ago, I couldn't remember how it drove. You know, gets in this car, looking around for the seatbelt. There's no seatbelt. He said, oh, mate, you do the harnesses. I said, what? But have you not noticed that? By this point, we've been on the road for two and a half days. You've seen that car plenty of times. Yeah, but I just... I'm ass- only ever wearing harnesses. No, no, but I just assumed you might have had a lap belt as well. I just assumed that... I kind of wish I did, but no. Yeah. Well, so did I. So I get, I get, I gets in this car. I've moved the seat. I've then got to do the harnesses. He says you might have to tighten them up uh, as you go because they come loose. So I spent three minutes trying to tighten them up. It would have been five minutes if you hadn't have helped me. Anyway, gets in, goes to start it. I oh, know, mate. Um, you've got to press the immobiliser button. I'm I mean, thinking, you're what? saying it like that's I, like a huge thing. Know. That's such a common thing. No, I'm thinking, why has he got the motor? Who do, who's going to want to steal this? So anyway, piece mode starts up. And, I'm fi- and then it starts up and it cranks up. And I thought, oh, oh, mm. nice, nice. Mm. Ferrari. I'm in a Ferrari. We pause away. And from what I remember, I thought, not your car. But I always thought old Ferraris had an awkward, not-so-good clutch. And I pulls away and I thought, well, it's not so bad. Well, it's fine. Anyway, we get going. And bearing in mind, by the way, I had your car, to be fair to you, and I'm not just saying this, you're my friend, you have got one of, if not the best 360 around, right? So I'm driving and in the best example. I I personally haven't seen a better 360 than what you've got. So I am driving the best example. So pulls away. We drive up the road. I come out the turning. I pull out. I put my foot down. Nothing happens. Uh, no. <laughs> no, wait. No, no, no. Let me, let me speak. And then this big bark this ferrari bark and i start driving down the road and i start smiling and i'm thinking i'm in a ferrari 
So, first and foremost, no matter what I think about the car, good or bad, I'm in a Ferrari. So, I instantly start smiling. It's still a Ferrari, right? So, we get we get going. We drive down the road. We started to push on a bit. We were a bit steady for the first five minutes, as in... Then we started to get going. And I'm up and down the gears. And I'm, and I'm starting to come round. And I'm thinking, well, I get it. I completely understand why he loves this car. It's a Ferrari. It's still... It still drives like a Ferrari. It still turns like a Ferrari. It's still got them characteristics. And then we push on a little bit more. We start to go a little bit faster. And then and then we goes into what I can only describe as quite a fast corner. You was a little bit up ahead. And we we was momentum was We were moving. We were moving, yeah. And I goes into this corner fairly briskly. Um and it went straight. And I, I said to you, mate, why does it do? Why does, why does it go straight? And he said, oh, well, it's the characteristics for 360. It's just what they do. And I'm thinking, flipping hell. I mean, you could have told me this is your pride and joy. Anyway, I wasn't going fast enough where I went straight into a field. I did manage to sort it out. So um, we then get going a little bit more. And I think, well, I need to, I need to, try and stop it going straight if I want to push on because you're in the AMG GTR which is a load faster and you're a bit in front and you're starting to pedal on a bit more in the Merc um, so I'm going a little bit faster pushing your car a bit faster trying to be respectful as well thinking I don't I would I don't want to drive it flat out you're going to bounce off the red car. line no 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 I wouldn't do that to anyone's car I'd only do that to my, I'd do it to my cars but I wouldn't do it to anyone else's I'm always respectful with people's cars so I then, I, I then start holding the brake to stop the understeer as I'm going into corners, which worked. Trail braking. Yeah. I know how to do that. Quite good at that. <laughs> well done. Well done. So I, stop, I stopped the understeer. But then as I stopped the understeer, and in a modern car, uh, people that know modern cars, you can, dare I say it, take the piss a little bit more with them. So you don't have to completely straighten the wheel and get the car straight before you can start to get on the power because the understeer is not quite as bad. Then I noticed that I can I can get the brakes in and what I'll do is I'll do what I do on a modern car and as soon as I can see the corner, I'll get on the power. So I've done that and it went straight again. And I thought, hold on a minute, you can't do this either. I mean, I am genuinely going to be upside down in a minute, so I can't do it like this. So... Once I'd figured out how to drive it, and now, and you drive it fairly well, mate. I know you've had it four years, but you know you were pushing on, and it is—it's a tricky car to drive fast, you know. And I wasn't really pushing on like you did, rightly so, because it's not my car. But I can just tell it'd be a tricky car. And the first thing I said when I got out of that car, mate, you need some new brakes because it will absolutely transform that car. But like. You said to me, I always refer to them as piles of shit. <laughs> but that, but that's my that's my analogy of them because I can't do what I want to do in a in a in a modern car. But you phrased it quite well. It's not a pile of shit. It's just old, and that and that is basically it. Really, I had a, I had a I had a good time in it. The time that I was in it, I wouldn't want to take it on a. On a trip or drive it for a long period of time. I had a nice drive in it for twenty minutes or whatever. I, I had a good experience, 
it's just not for me. It's not for the way I want to drive. It doesn't do what I want a car to do. Okay, so firstly, thank you for, for, for I think, being honest. Well, I was honest. Uh, and not trying to wind me up. I'll pick up on a few things you said. So firstly, you said you turn out the junction, put your foot down, nothing happened. <laughs> I wish I had these clips, but <laughs> you said on the radio, throttle response is very good. But it's a Ferrari. Yes. So, so you didn't put your foot down and nothing happened. But you put your foot down and it wasn't as fast as an AMG GTR. Correct. Which is made 15 years later and has... I don't, how much horsepower does GTR have? Five eighty. Thank you. So and nearly two hundred horsepower more and loads of torque. Yeah. So, so that was the thing. So not, it's not nothing didn't happen. It just didn't happen as quickly as you were maybe expecting. But that, but that's because I just jumped out of a car that was probably twice as fast. Yes, exactly. So, just wanted to clarify. No, no, no. just clarifying. So, you know, so nothing happened in terms of what I just fifteen minutes. When yeah. you put your foot down in the AMG, it sods off. You know what I mean? Of when course. you put down in your car, it doesn't sod off. But it goes. But it goes. It's quick. And we both agreed that actually, if you were in a GT4, we would have been very evenly matched. I should have brang a GT4 Mm. because I think in terms of power, um, the only, I I think there would be really not a lot in. And actually, I think straight line speed, your car is probably a little bit faster than a GT4. But like I said to you, where I'd catch up would be, brakes and tires yes so so uh i think is a huge problem in your car so so to come on to the understeer so famously uh the 360 has a very light front end uh and actually there are lots of forms and lots of people out there talking about putting literal sandbags in the front bonnet to to keep the front end down and and also reports of you know super high speed 150 160 miles an hour you know that front end really is picking up and basically having no contact on those front wheels and, and big crashes happening so yes what what tends to happen is if you try and carry too much speed into the corner and and turn with a lot of speed still, then yes, the front end will wash wide. So you'll just start pushing wide into the opposite lane. Not good. So you've got to scrub the speed off before you get into the corner. Trail braking is one tactic or just big on the brakes, lose the speed, then turn in. If you get on the power too early, leaving the corner or midway through the corner, again, it will push that front end really far wide. So again, you can understeer well out of the corner. And I actually find power out understeer far worse than turning understeer yeah the turning understeer is pretty easy to get on top of but you can stop it you have to be unbelievably patient at the apex to to get the to to counteract the sort of power out understeer but as you mentioned you you figure out how to drive the car so so for me i lay apex every every corner you know i i go in deep and i lay apex and then just just power out as quickly as i can you get a bit of movement around the back sometimes but anyway it's about freaking it out. You're right. Yeah. It's a complex car. It's an older car and it's yeah. not going to perform as a new car. I like that because it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, you don't just get in the car and anyone can go fast. You've got to think about it. You've got to learn the car. You've got to figure it out. You've got, yeah. to, you've got to drive and you've got to drive it. And then I think you actually summed it up perfectly because we were discussing ever since that experience at Cool Classic Club and then of course you're driving the 360. Where would a classic or a modern classic fit into your life. And fundamentally, it wouldn't because I like spirited driving, right? Mm-hmm. I like to go at seven tenths. You know, I like I like to make a bit of noise. I like to go fast. I like to push on, but I'm not looking to attack the road. I'm not looking to, to keep up necessarily with other, even if we were in a big convoy, I'm happy doing my own thing. I actually enjoy that car the most when I'm by myself. Yeah, yeah. And I can just drive it within my 
desires, the car's capabilities, and just have a nice time. Yeah. So when it was you and I, you were in a very modern, powerful super sports car, and then me in a 20-year-old car, I'm pushing that car a lot harder than I usually would. Yeah. And I can. Yeah. But you, every time you get in a car, you want to be at 10 tenths, getting the maximum out of the car, getting the maximum from the road, uh, keeping up with all your mates, no matter what they're in, and, yeah. ju- and just living your best life. And yeah. then going to comfort mode and driving home. Yeah. So you actually had the ultimate 360 experience in the sense where you drove it for 20 minutes. It was lovely. The weather was perfect. The roads were beautiful. You had a lovely time and you got out and you walked yeah. away. Yeah. You don't need that in your life because your cars that you tend to have do that and the drive home and the drive to the track and blah, blah, blah and all at 10 tenths. Yeah. My 360 does it as well, but you don't want to have to put up with the manual and the creek and the roll and the this. You want to always be in a car that's basically perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just want something that does everything perfectly. It's as simple as that. So maybe with age, <laughs> maybe with age in 20 years time, when you get a GT2 RS, because it's a car that just did everything, and your kids are going to go, what you old this? man, yeah, what you old this? man. yeah, Or the next, whoever the future podcast generation will be like, oh, could you imagine having a two hours? What a load of crap. What an old piece of poo. It's got an engine in it. Ugh, but I don't engine. think, uh, you know, there, there has been such a big jump between your car and a modern car now. I, I really don't think that cars dynamically and drivability wise, uh, 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 there's not going to be that big jump again. Do you know what I mean? I think mean? it's always easy to say that when you're in this, because you wouldn't have thought it when somebody delivered the 360, took delivery mm-hmm. of a 360 in 2002, they had no clue of the advancements that were coming. That was the latest and greatest from Ferrari. Yeah, but race cars, like they had, they still had different suspension. And, and nowadays, that's where it's all come from. You know, it's all come from GT race cars. Hybrid technology, synthetic fuels. All sorts. Ke- chem instead of carbon fiber. No, I'm talking about what's happening right now. Yeah. So the advance, adv- advance, ah, advancements, I think are still going to be as good. I, d- I disagree with you there. Yeah, but brakes and brakes and tyres and stuff like that, like back then, um, 360s, uh, you probably could option ceramics. Could you option... Nope. C- right, okay. They came in for the Stradale. Right, so, okay. So there's not much you can do. So to touch on the brakes quickly, there's not much you can do with the brakes for that car. Um, Brembo do do an aftermarket kit. It's about four grand. Mm. Uh, and there's a couple of other companies, but then it's like seven or eight grand. Yeah. Uh, and also if you put the ceramics from the Stradale, you've then got to get the bigger wheels and it starts yeah. to really mess up with the computers. Um, so you haven't got a lot of options. I've got mm. those incredible pads, which as I say, have added a lot of feel, but there's, there's not much that can be done. Um, but... You say this, what about 296 GTB with its ABS Evo or whatever it's called? That's a huge advancement in road car brake yeah, tech. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe as well, going back to your car, maybe if you started modding it and making bigger brakes and making better tyres, maybe you wouldn't like it, mate. It wouldn't maybe be the same. It's like 360 Trev. 360 Trev has been building the ultimate 360 for years. He's put every single part from every single kind of iteration and, and his car is incredible to drive, but in my mind, it's not... It's not a moderner anymore. Mm. I, I love that my car transports me to an experience from 2002. Yeah. You know, when I was falling in love with road cars, with Formula One, with Michael Schumacher, with Ferrari, that was the car. And so, so I'm driving that era, that period. That's what I enjoy. So if you perfect it too much, it, it goes away from being what it actually is. Correct. Yeah, about. yeah, I get that. Yeah. But fundamentally, you enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the experience 
yes, I did for that period of time. Yes. If you, if you, there, there doesn't have to be anything else. You can say it, but no, you, you could just leave it there. No, no. I thought I need to elaborate. <laughs> if you said to me again now, and again, we was on another road trip, made you want to swap cars again, I would not be that bothered. I, I, I'd say, yeah, okay. But I, I wouldn't be like as excited as I was when I first got in. It's sort of like, yeah, I've driven it. I know what it drives like. It's a good one for what it is. It's just not me, mate. It's not what I look for in a car. So, am I any closer to being able to convince you to do a modern classic road trip? In what? You you get to pick, but in it cannot be older than 2009. 2009. So Scud comes in. No, wasn't Scud 20... 20 in 2009. Was it? Not 2010? Yeah. 2009? 9 and 10. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to say 2007 then. <laughs> no, you can have a Scud. I mean, I'll let, yeah, I'll let you have a Scud. But even then, like, I've driven a Scud. Yeah. And that isn't too far off of your car. Mm. It, like, it is a bit better. Yeah, it is, it's quite considerably better. I yeah, think but what I mean is it's still got fairly... It's still got bad understeer. Yep, bad understeer. The brakes, even though the ceramics, they're not that good. Not like a modern Ferrari. No, of course not, because it's, it's from 2009. That's, that's what I'm saying. You, your comparisons are all out the place. Yeah, but, but, but I would say it's... A, a, a Scud is more closer to your car than it is yes, to, like, a, yes. a Pista. But that's the Do whole point I mean? of doing a modern classic road trip. <sighs> I mean... The, the other thing as well, again, didn't have any problems with your car, which yeah. which brilliant, mate. Well done. Um, but that's another thing that gives me the EBGVs. And actually, even the AMG GTR, although it was absolutely fine, it's out of warranty now. And I'm thinking, what if an engine management light comes on? Or what? Because it's not normally like, Everything I drive normally in warranty. Sure. Because... You have got to think about it. I haven't got to think about it. And if it breaks down, I just call whoever up, Mercedes, Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, whoever I'm in, and they just come and get it and they give me another car. So... To answer my question, you're not quite ready for that modern classic trip yet. No, mate, because... No. Because I just get... The, I just get the flap on that it will it'll break. I know your car was as good as gold and you drove it properly, you've done loads of miles and... But... They just break, man. But you could have a great experience. I mean, you, you in a Scud or a 997 GT3 or a 0.1 RS or, you know, there are plenty of things out there. I mean, heck, you could take an Enzo. I mean, there's plenty of things out there and you could have a great, a great trip, a great mm. time and drive hard and enjoy yourself and not break down and love the car. You could. If, if, if as well, like... If we read, if we regularly done trips like I do with my pal, your actual friends, <laughs> no, 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 but my my other friends that I go yeah, away yeah, with yeah, regularly yeah. twice a year. Um, if we if we done more stuff modern classic, then I, I I I'd buy one because and then you've got a modern classic car, so it make make because we not, we wouldn't be going as fast, so it doesn't matter. But we are still going fast for them cars, so. <sighs> May I'd consider it, but like, other than doing something like that with you, what, I mean, it's just, I wouldn't use it, mate. No, this but that's what I'm problem. saying. I just want a trip. I just want a trip just to see. Because, you know, it was cool that you bought the AMG GTR, but I would have preferred it if you'd bought a CLK 63 Black. What, that, I'd have one of them. You'd be in a wall, but. Would I? If you drove that hard, you would be in a wall. Would I really? Oh my God. 
You would you would actually hate but that I would, trip, but you know I would. That, I would love one of them yeah. cars though. I really would love like a seal. And uh, that's you have about three months and you get rid of it. Would I? Yeah. Um, anyway, it was an amazing trip. And as I say, really some great videos to come. I haven't even mentioned driving the Novatech 812 GTS. Oh my God. Um, we also linked up with Shmi and checked out his SF90. So, so stay tuned to the main channel. So I never like to usually do this because I just feel like you're like, oh, well, we know everything now. So we're not going to watch the videos. Please do still go and check out the videos. There's a lot of things we didn't talk about. There are a lot of things we didn't talk yeah. about. That's, that's fair. Um, actually, yeah, what we did in the Netherlands that morning before we left. Wow. Actually, there's a lot we didn't talk about. So fair play. Um, one my, thing- my drive in the, in the Porsche. We didn't talk about that. Oh, no. Okay, fine. Yeah. So like, yeah. Pl- plenty for people to still tune into the channel. Um, one thing I do want to elaborate on, though, which I, which I did already mention in the first video that went live, was the very cool shout out I got from Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. I mean, this was absolutely nuts. Loads of you sent this to me on Instagram and emails and Twitters and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he was appearing on Spike's Car Radio. By the way, one of my favorite automotive car podcasts. I have to be honest, I wasn't massively aware of it until about a month ago. So the fact that then I'm getting a huge shout out from Mr. Seinfeld was fairly outrageous. Let's get him on here. Well, we can try. We'll I'm, go I'm to not, America. Not sure trip. I mean, I don't know if he's that big a fan. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. He didn't know my name. <laughs> he, he knew I've seen through glass. He's like, he's like, I don't know the guy's name. I was like, <laughs> Sam. It's Sam, Jerry. Hello. I mean, I'm going to try and go and find him. I'm looking at a potential US trip end of July. So, Jerry, I'm coming for you. But um, yeah, Spikes Car Radio, not to try and send you all off to another podcast. It's great. They do some really cool chat. Um, and I like the, the angle and perspective they're coming from. But it's pretty honoured to be mentioned by, by someone like that. It, because of his Porsche links. Okay, fine. He's an incredible writer and comedian and icon within US TV. But also an incredible Porsche collector. Yeah. So from the Porsche side of it, because as we mentioned, kind of both of us... Mm got the buzz going. And actually, we didn't really elaborate on it too much for you, but yeah, of course, 964 Carrera RS and then spending some time at the Nürburgring That's as what we did, just tipped you over. So does me every, every single time I go to the Nürburgring. Oh, it wasn't even that 964 drive. It was when I got to the Nürburgring and it's just Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. The new Aram batting around the Nordschleifer and making that noise. We're both just like, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. We could buy one together. What one would... <gasps> could we buy a slightly older one together. Like, like not a slightly old. I'm talking like, what would be an affordable, a 991.13 RS? Is that of any interest to you? It's not much of interest to me, if I'm honest. <gasps> what about a 911R? Would you have a 911R? Would you have a 911R? Yeah, would you? How much are they these days? 350. Okay, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> what about a 987 Cayman? <laughs> that might be more up our street. Uh, anyway, yeah, an amazing trip. I hope you guys have enjoyed this like behind the scenes. So we're, we're tired today. We're tired, but I think we got through it. We I've got been, through. I've enjoyed remembering our epic few days in Europe. And it's really just the start for me because at least with regards to the main channel, uh, I'm h- hitting the road again very soon. Uh, I've got a few sort of weeks of of commercial activities uh, here in the UK, hence why I smashed that Easter road trip now back. But don't worry, we will be here uh, week on week, uh, bringing you some uh, car news and some updates and some topics, uh, note down a few things that we want to discuss in the future. So if you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe now, turn on notifications. Uh, if you're listening, please keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you might listen to your podcasts. Uh, if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. And I'm at Seen Through Glass. By the way, Jerry, my name's Sam uh, on most <laughs> social media platforms. <laughs> we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See y'all. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.